Ah, comfort. Comfort. I'll read several Bible passages through the day. Uh, Here's our key one from Romans chapter 14. For none of us lives for ourselves alone. None of us die for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that... He might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. The word comfort isn't there, but we'll get to it. So, here's a little quiz. How comfortable are you today? (laughs) Feeling pretty comfortable? You know, might you put yourself a little above average? You know, feeling pretty good today? You all got out of bed, you had coffee or breakfast, you came here? Or, eh, not so good, I'm here, but I really didn't sleep too well. That happens too. Or, you know, are you great? Off the charts. Off the charts. You're (laughs) up there by the ceiling. You are feeling so good. Blueberry pancakes for breakfast, right? Coffee. Could you be more comfortable? Could you be more comfortable than you are right now? A little more comfortable chair, better preacher, (laughs) bag of Doritos and Red Pop. That was Albert Holstead's, no, Holcomb, right? Um, Albert. Holcomb, who was in my Sunday school class, his idea of comfort, bag of Doritos and a bottle of Red Pop. (laughs) How long would it last? How long would it last? If you had a nice treat, a nice beverage right now, how long would it last? Ten minutes? Twenty? An hour? Two hours? Then you start feeling a little... Yeah, no chair is going to be, these chairs aren't going to be comfortable for, you know, two, three, four hours. Could you be perfectly, perfectly comfortable? My Sunday school kids know the answer, because this is on our wall. And the answer is, absolutely. And it's not donuts and coffee. We're going to take a sidebar here a minute. Talk about the Heidelberg Catechism, because we're going to read from that. A catechism is not a catacomb. (laughs) A catechism is a teaching technique. It's a document written in question and answer form. It's not necessarily religious, but um, many Protestant denominations use catechisms as as a teaching tool. This one happens to be written in Heidelberg, in the mid-1500s during the Reformation as a way to present key teachings of the Reformation so that everyone understands what we're talking about. Um, in other denom- there's the Westminster um, Catechism, which um, Presbyterians used. 
the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which I trust is a little bit shorter. Um, so there's, in the time of the Reformation, there are many documents written which clarified what do we believe as Christians, primarily as distinct from the Catholic Church, from which we were reforming. Okay? The Heidelberg Catechism is one of several such documents. Again, it's a teaching, teaching um, tool. It's separated into 52 sections, each one called a Lord's Day. And within each section, there's a couple of questions and answers. On the back of your handout, you will find, oh, you're going to find so much fun on the back of your handout. Heidelberg Catechism, question one, is written at the bottom. And at the top, I found this cool website that you type in a whole bunch of words and it generates a word search for you. So should, should you become um, needing something else to do, you can you know, put your head down with your pen and pretend you're taking notes and you can be listening along and finding all these words. And they're all from the sermon. So stay tuned. Um, the Heidelberg Catechism is also found in the Gray Songbook, which is in front in, in many of the pews. This is a, a book which is also a reference book for the Christian Reformed Church. And if you turn to the back, page 800-something-something, you will find a lot of documents related to the, to the church, including the full text of the complete Heidelberg Catechism. And it's a very useful teaching tool. I use it in Sunday school with my, with my middle school kids, um, back in the day when my wife and I were growing up in the Christian Reformed Church, the pastor preached from the Heidelberg Catechism, typically in the Sunday evening service every week. Uh, um, it's still a valuable teaching tool. And we're going to look at question and answer number one, which is the, 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 a foundational statement about who we are in relationship to God. I'll read the question. And I would like all of you to read with me the answer, which covers a couple of slides. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head, the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life, and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. So, Lydia, go back two slides to the, the first responsive part. This is the outline of the message. This first section here is the title sentence that I'll be referring back to. The next slide is what God does. Next slide. Notice the verb tense. He has done these things in that first paragraph, 
and now he also, he also watches over me. So that's the present tense. We're going to talk a little about that. And then in the last slide here, it says, here's what I do. Because of all this, here, here's what I do. Okay, so we're going to, these are the three points of, of the, the, the talk. It's also in, in your outline. So, comfort. What does this mean? Look it up. It's a strengthening aid. Something makes you, makes you feel stronger. It can be comfortable. It's a feeling of relief. You, you sort of, I mean, you, all, you know what comfort means. You're relaxed. You're, you're feeling good. And the next one is, what does it mean to belong? To be the property of a person or a thing. To be attached or bound by birth or allegiance or dependency or to be a member of a club. And that's what we're going to talk about here, how this all fits together. Because, and we need to know what these terms mean so that we're on the same page. Because it talks about what's my comfort? How do I feel good? And the answer is because I belong to God. Belonging is very important. Everybody belongs to something. Might be a fitness center, might be a homeowners association. At the moment, you belong to this group inside this room. Um, Next slide. Some of them are more formal. If you belong to a military organization or to a company as part of their, one of their employees, that's perhaps a more formal. Um, some of them are very informal. I have a frequent flyer card with United. Now, I'm a member of that club. Hmm. You know, I don't go to the meetings. There's no secret handshake there, right? So some are more formal, but they all have a shared interest. Why do you come to church to worship? Because you have a shared interest to praise God with Christians. Why do I belong to the United Frequent Flyer Club? Because I have an interest in gaining points so I can go visit my kids and grandkids for free. Well, free, right? So, so there's a reason. There's a shared interest in, in belonging to a club. Some clubs are better than others. You can think of a good club to belong to. Think back to when you were in school. Um, a good teacher that motivated you and helped you to learn, helped you to do things well. You can also think of a, a bad teacher, right? Someone who was not very effective in teaching, who perhaps had a coach that had a lot of bad language or was verbally threatening or unkind. So you can have a good belong. You can belong to something good. You can belong to something not so good. But the first question here is: What is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own? Okay. Can I belong to myself? Is there this sense of club me in today's society? Absolutely. Right. You deserve. This or that or the other thing. You deserve to have this kind of car, eat this kind of food, or wear this kind of clothes. You, I mean, there's a strong sense in our culture today, it's club me. It's not club us. You listen to the ads, which 
whether we like it or not, they're, they're, we hear them. It's club me, club me, club me. Can I be my own coach? You know, if I have all these things, I just sort of, okay, I'm um, Club Wendy's, and I'm part of Club Whataburger, and I'm part of Club Chevy Truck, or Club Four, right? I mean, these are, it's not Club Me. The Bible very clearly says, you're either in God's club, or you're, you're in Club Tyranny. Next slide. Let's talk about that, because this says, I belong to God. Here's the analogy. When you think about the most excellent possible teacher or coach, this is someone who takes preschoolers for 35 years, and every single one gets a Nobel Prize. Who takes three-year-olds, takes 25 pre-three-year-olds, and takes every single one of them to the World Cup 20 years later, 25 years later. So not just the coach that's taken them in the last 18 months, starting with three-year-olds with zero skills, and takes every one to the World Cup. That's what Jesus does. Compared to Jesus... We're not three-year-olds, you know, we're guppies, right? Yeah? Jesus takes sinners to heaven. It's even more astounding than the thought of 25 preschoolers, every single one getting a Nobel Prize. So we got disaster clubs, which is club tyranny. In this next section, it says... He has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. That's club tyranny. We think of it as club me. No one in our society thinks, oh, yeah, since I'm not a Christian, I belong to club tyranny, and I'm going to hell. We don't think that. It's disguised as club me. I'm doing pretty good. Okay? I've got a handle on my credit card payments. I got health insurance. I don't have the coronavirus this week. I'm feeling pretty, but it's club me, right? The devil wants us to think that being in club me is just fine. And he says that by saying, well, why don't you wear this kind of shirt? Um, are you wearing Wranglers or are you wearing Levi's? If you're wearing Wranglers or Levi's, you're, you're doing really good in club me, Right? And that's the encouragement that we get. But it's really club tyranny. Club me is not club me. It's not me. Perfect belonging. My only comfort is when I belong to club Jesus. And now we talk about perfect, right? Or my only comfort. And the question is, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And that's where early on that little quiz, the comfort scale, was deliberately misleading. I was talking about physical comfort today, right now. That's the wrong question. The real question is, what is your only comfort that covers you in life and in death? And that's where all the other solutions disappear. 
because you may well have a nice job, you have a nice pension, coming up you have good health insurance, and you're in good health. That's only life. That's not life and death. And so the perfect belonging, then, is belonging to Jesus, where he is now the most excellent coach in life and in death. And that's the difference between belonging to Club Jesus and belonging to Club Me, is that Jesus has promised us that we are in heaven with him forever. And Jesus has already done this. This isn't something that he did for us when when we made a statement of faith, either uh, in baptism or as adults, when young adults or older adults, when we made a personal statement of faith. He has done this already. He has already paid off my fees at Club Tyranny and already paid my fees in Club Jesus. And this is, um, Jesus says, the one who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been, been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The one who is born of God, taken by God, brought into Club Jesus, is in God's club forever. And as Paul has said in Romans 8, all things must work together for my salvation. When you're in club Jesus, ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs, foundation is I'm in the club, and I'm there forever. I am taken care And remember, this is in the past. He has already done this. It's not something we hope to do. He hope, we hope he does for us if we pray right or if we go to church. Or it's, it's not um, provisional status. It's not like you know, perhaps a summer intern where, boy, if I do really good, I get to stay here. It's permanent. This is permanent. And I think that's one of... We think about insecurities, and we have them, right? This is not one of them. God says it's there. It is forever. Don't worry about it. But let's think about this. And now, here's what's happening now. I still haven't done anything, right? God did this for me. Don't I, get a, don't I get to choose? Do I have a part of this? Simple answer is no. God did this already. This little baby didn't pick God. God picked her. Hooray, right? And you know, think, think about going to a pet shop, and you're going to pick out a guppy. You're picking the guppy. The guppy's not picking you. The guppy doesn't call you up and say, Hey, Phil, 
I'd be a great fish for you. Why don't you come on over and pick me up? Compared to God, we're like a guppy. No, we're actually more like a, a you know, piece of grass, right? I mean, by compare, we don't have the ability. We don't have the ability to go knocking on dog, God's door and say, hey, I want to get in. God's coming to the pet store, so to speak, and saying, I want that one and that one and that one and that one and that one, taking them home, putting in our family. Yeah, the analogy is a little weak here, but, but think of that. That's the difference in intellectual strength and ability and power. We're guppies. We don't have the ability until we're Jesus, until we belong to God, we don't have the ability to say, yeah, I'm in your club. And I'll change the analogy a little bit because guppies don't really advance past guppyhood. But if you are taking a nice dog home, now that dog belongs to you and can show affection, becomes part of your family. Right? And that's, those are kind of the kind of steps that the Bible talks about. That We start out as sinners. We start out sinners. But God has already taken us home from the pet shop or from club tyranny, paid us off. We didn't, that guppy doesn't pay anything, right? That beagle doesn't pay anything. But now we come home and, you know, you know home, we're, coming, we're coming to heaven. We're not quite there yet, but, we're, but we are guaranteed, absolutely guaranteed to stay in that home forever. Absolutely guaranteed. Which rolls now into the next piece. Because I belong, I can realize some things. Because this is like the magic kingdom. I mean, the real magic, the heavenly kingdom, right? When you step into into this club, ah, now I can realize some things that I could not realize before. One of the things that we realize is we are assured of salvation. When we come into that kingdom, there's no exit clause. There is no probationary period that says, oh, I got to go to church so many times, I got to do this, I got to. No, 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 no. God picked us, we're in. It's not something I will maybe do. To, to get from probationary status to permanent status. Romans 8 says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves that you still live in fear, because a slave can be dismissed or sold or just gotten rid of. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption. Not a hired hand, you're adopted. And that sense here is that illegally today. If, if someone's adopted, you are part of that family. Legally, permanently. It's not for six months. And the Holy Spirit assures us of that. 2 Corinthians 1 affirms that. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. The Holy Spirit is in our hearts as a deposit, 
because we're not in heaven yet, but as a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. The Bible says you cannot lose your salvation. And to affirm that then, God sends his Holy Spirit to talk to my heart. And the Holy Spirit says, you're in. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about losing your salvation. I am assured of that. And once I have that, now I cannot be removed from the team. Confidence. Am I concerned about the coronavirus? Sure. Am I concerned about retirement? Am I worried about health care? I'm confident in my salvation. These things, we have to deal with them. We're not here to be you know, foolish and say, well, I'm, sa- I'm saved, so I'm going to go walk across Highway 3. No, no, no. God gave us brains too, right, to use. But it says we don't worry about our salvation. On the scheme of things, nothing else matters. We're going to be here for 60. You know, some kids are obviously die at, age, at young age. Somewhere between zero and 120 years, right? Then we're in heaven. So I'm now wholeheartedly willing to serve him. Wholeheartedly, completely and sincerely devoted, marked by complete, earnest commitment, free from reserve. And think about some some, uh, regular examples. High school varsity basketball player, wholeheartedly into the game with building skills or something like that. Um, You know, your first job, your wholeheart. I mean, there's a lot of things where you can see someone being wholeheartedly into this. I'm now, since I have this position, God has already saved me. I am already have a deposit to bring me into heaven, I am wholeheartedly willing and able to serve him. Let's go back to the three-year-old who's, going to be, who's now a Nobel laureate with 20 of his friends. Aren't you going to be willing? Aren't these kids going to be willing to do whatever that most excellent coach says? If you're this group of 20 kids that are, are in the finals for the World Cup, the coach took 25 kids with zero skills, They took me and my kids, right? Zero (laughs) skills. World Cup. Aren't you going to do what that coach says? 20 years of of experience. Say, yeah, this coach is the best. I trust. And I'm in the best place possible. Of course I'm going to do this. Your auntie dies and gives you 50,000 bucks. No, your auntie doesn't die. Your auntie's alive and she gives you 50,000 bucks for a birthday present. Say, love you, auntie. Can I wash your car? <laughs> That's the kind of response God wants. And the basic response is enthusiasm, right? God wants to say, wow, yes. I love this place. I didn't do any of the work, and here I am in the club, and I'm in. I am on board with Jesus. I'm going to do everything possible to stay there. How can I not do this? And that's the result of having a most excellent coach, namely Jesus.
Nothing held back. Okay, so now what do I do? What do I do with this? Wholeheartedly, well, I'm, I'm not always wholehearted, right? I mean, so here's one of the, the challenges with this. We aren't perfect yet. Wholeheartedly means nothing held back. Well, I hold back. We all hold back because we aren't in heaven yet. Uh, next slide, Lid. This is hard. This part is hard. When we get to heaven, it's going to be easy. Right now, it's hard. Sort of split loyalty. I sort of like the club fill, you know? You know? But that's not where I am. I, I might like pieces of it, but that's not where I am. This is not my choice anymore. God made that choice by putting me into Club Jesus before we were born. I am, I am not in Club Phil. I'm tempted, of course, but I'm, that's not where I am. So even with the most perfect coach, we have, we have challenges on how to do that. So what do we do? Here's the chart. Don't give up. Here's the point. Don't give up. Practice. Pray. Hang out with other club members. Okay? The Bible tells us to, to do this. Worship with others. Pray. The whole, pray for the Holy Spirit's going to come and give you. But and th- think about Here's the main point of this chart. Okay? If you're, you know, we aren't really ever below the line, all right, because we're safe. But I'm going to pretend that we were once, okay? If you're below the line, you're in club tyranny. You're below the line. You might do some wiggles up and down. You, you can't get, you can't, I can't get above the line. Now, when God makes me comfortable by putting me into, into club Jesus, I'm above the line always. Do I slide back? I still, God still wants us to increase in faith through our life by doing good works, building our faith, building our confidence, and so on. I can't fall below the line. I cannot fall below the line because I'm in the club. So I fall back, and I say, that didn't work. Try again. Pray. Don't give up. I'm in the club. I'm in the club. Not my choice. God put me there. And that's the encouragement part of this that says, we're above the, we're in the club. I'm going to have setbacks. There's going to be problems. I'm in Club Jesus. So, what is your only comfort in life and in death? Please say it with me. That I am not my own but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow! Hooray! 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 And I'm the guppy, remember? God did this. I respond wholeheartedly to the best of my ability. It's not perfect. But that's God still wants that, right? God paid for my entry fee. I'm perfectly comfortable. 
I'm wholehearted in my service. I got problem. I got problems there. We all do, right? So we're not in heaven yet, but we got our tickets punched. I am perfectly comfortable because I belong to Jesus. Please pray with me. God, we belong to you. You picked us out long before we were born, before we had any concept of who Club Jesus is or Club Tyranny or Club Me. You picked us out. You took us in. You paid the vet bills and took us in and made us complete in you in life and in death now and forever. And we thank you for that, God. And help us to, to under, understand that better and better so that as we do this, it, that we say, Hooray, God, thank you. Help us to be wholehearted in our response. And that's really hard because that's where sin pulls us into club me. Help us to be wholehearted in our response, to be happy that you gave us salvation with no strings attached, and it's ours. Help us, God, to be servants of you, to do it wholeheartedly, not out of habit or custom or because somebody said I ought to. This part's hard, God. Please help us with this so that we can be wholeheartedly, we can be enthusiastic, Bring around us good Christian friends that encourage us. Give us your Holy Spirit. You already have. Help us to listen to your Holy Spirit so that we can be encouraged and just enjoy our being in your presence. In the name of God, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. In the name of the Holy Spirit, we pray these things. Amen.